Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Brian Weedman. And I'm Xavier Chavez. And uh, welcome to The Gavel Strikes. This is our first podcast. Uh, kind of everything comics and comic uh, art, comic really. art and yeah. some memorabilia. Uh, and uh, you're going to have to bear with us. We don't really have a plan. We have a little bit of a plan. Uh, but this is kind of taking place of our Instagram Live uh, and our Facebook Live and just kind of getting it out to a wider audience. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have we have been talking about now for it's probably been what two years yeah. is how to get to a wider audience uh, and have us kind of be the influencers, not not the people uh, that don't do this for a living. Uh, we are we are, I guess, the experts, or at least you yeah. are. I don't know if I am, <laughs> uh, but uh, since we are the experts and we do get to see things that most people don't get to see on a daily basis, uh, we just want to bring that stuff to you and show you. Uh, you know, every other week, kind of the things that we pick out. Um, and down the line, we never know how this will evolve. You know, we kind of have an idea for today, but. And again, it's still on Instagram and it's still on Facebook right. Live. So we're doing, we're doing, we're kind of going everywhere. We're going to have a an audio podcast with this. We're going to have a YouTube podcast. We're, we're doing kind of everything. The YouTube video is going to be placed later tonight. Uh, yeah. So anybody can see it if they weren't able to see it live right now. So great. Um, we will at some point start bringing in guests. Um, it, it's at everything. But today we just wanted to keep it somewhat casual, kind of keep it like we were comfortable with, with Facebook yeah. Live and Instagram Live. Right. Um, but, you know, one of the first things that I wanted to do uh, and, you know, I kind of talked to Xavier about this is kind of go over what Heritage does uh, for those of you out there, uh, especially on YouTube who've never seen Heritage or seen an auction. We kind of want to go over what it is we do for a living. Uh, and so uh, without further ado, I guess that would be what we're going to do. Um, Xavier and I are what we call consignment directors. Uh, we're responsible for bringing in product uh, to sell for uh, a client. Uh, on behalf of a client. On, be on behalf of the client. Uh, now, this is different than a person walking into a local comic, uh, comic shop uh, and saying, hey, how much will you give me for my collection? And the comic shop, which you used to be a manager of, by the way. And I used uh, to own one. Used right. to own one, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, then paying as reduced of a price as possible because that's how the comic stores have to survive is making that, that larger profit. We actually uh, do this many, many times uh, over the course of, you know, weeks and years and volume wise. And that's how we make our profit. We take a small sliver of that. So we can sign on your behalf, uh, whatever it is that you want to consign, if we can take it. Uh, and then, uh, we process, we it. process it we and then we throw it in the auction. If, and if, for example, if it's comics, we grade them. Correct. So we, right. or we send them out, if we grade them, if they're going to be raw, we send them out to be graded. If they're going to be CGC or CBCS, we place them in an auction. We schedule the auction. We've done auctions ourselves where we've been in charge of how the auction is curated and how everything is placed in that auction. So. Right. So I, I will actually, uh, that brings up a good point because I do have some stuff from uh, a dedicated auction. auction, showcase auction that ends tomorrow. Uh, I do have some items here uh, later on to show you uh, from that auction, primarily because I think they're neat. Uh, it was something I specifically um, uh 
you know, picked out just because I thought they were really cool or they had a cool story behind it. Uh, as you saw flash up there, we have a very large building, yes. uh, which is filling up <laughs> at a very, very rapid rate. Uh, but we do have like, I think it's like 44 categories now. There's some very large there's categories There's 40 now. plus categories. Yeah, there's 40 least. plus. It was 40 when I came here, so it's got to be like 44 <laughs> now uh, with the addition of video games and TCG Trading cards and, and other sneakers stuff. Coming. Sneakers now. So. so we do have a lot of different categories. Uh, we were based on coins. Coins is how Heritage started. Uh, and then the second ever... Um, uh, category was comics. Uh, and I didn't come in until six years ago. You came in what, three, three or four years three ago? Three years ago. Uh, and so we've kind of helped helped the department grow because prior to me, the I was the first hire in four years. And then it was a couple of years to you. And then ever since then, we've gotten like 10 people. It's yes. insane. Again, it's all because of the material we keep on receiving and right. we have to process it in a, in a timely manner. So. Right. So... It, Saying that, uh, you could always reach us, uh, either myself or Xavier, or you can go to the HA.com website uh, and uh, start up a conversation. Usually we ask for pictures if you've got comic books, uh, at least so we know what we're talking about and whether we can take it. We can't take everything. I promise you it's impossible. If we took everything, we would literally get nothing done. And I have a hard time getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. As is because uh, again, processing comics is a time-consuming, very uh, time-consuming, and I always have to get stuff so. in. So that's part of the. It's a very fine balance so. of value and uh, and amount of comics right. and stuff like that, or right. comic art, or toys, or any kind of memorabilia that is in the comics world. So so tell you were taught you're about to branch out somewhat into the toys, right? You're <laughs> in the process of doing that. Tell uh, us a little bit about that. Again, the right now we have. Uh, Two major collections of toys. One of them being the Mark Freeman Turtles collection, which is the um, the man responsible. He was considered the fifth turtle. He was responsible for getting the licensing from Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, and creating all the toys and licensing material that we know as what became the Turtles. He was even part of the movies and stuff like that. Um, and we have his collection, which was sent to be graded, and now it is basically the focus of one the first toy auction that we're going to be holding. There's another major collection of uh, sports. Uh, there's uh, another collection that has a little bit of everything as well. And we're going to be sending out soon uh, consign now emails uh, for other graded and high-end toys that anybody else would like to consign. So that's part of what we do when we're making a, an auction or making a new category. So we try to find the best or at least a focused uh, collection like the Mark Friedman collection, and we build it from there. So, and, and some point to saying that we don't typically release a consigner's name. We're very, very confidential. We yes. have to be very careful about that. We are allowed, because of, of the scope of this collection on who it is, because of the provenance of it, we have special permission to use his name. Correct. And 99% of the time, we don't use 99% of the time, we don't use names. But again, there are particular collector, collectors or collections that are famous enough where the right. people that own it will have what right. we call a tagline and everything from the Mark Freeman collection, you can actually type up his name and will pop up everything that we have sold right. from his collection. And that's another cool thing about our website is that 
we don't hide who we are or what we do. Or every single thing we have ever sold is still on the website. Uh, you can see what, for what it's sold for. You can see that from the beginning of 2002, I think is when we started, when we started all the way until now, yeah. uh, of every single Amazing Fantasy. 15 we sold, Action 1 we've sold, all. any book you could ever want, and any all the piece pieces of, of art, art. Uh, will all yeah. have the published price of what we auction them off for, I, which is a great, great tool. It's a great resource for right. everybody, including ourselves and dealers and stuff like that. Collectors, they get an right. idea of what to pay currently for market value for something or what, how far to overpay for something if they really want it in certain situations with art. So, Right. And, and I can't, I could never, without Xavier's help, I'm not as good with artwork. I'm still learning it, even though I've been at this now six years. I'm still not nearly the expert he is with artwork. Um, I have to use that continually. If I get a client in that has artwork, I'm constantly using our website to evaluate what, what the items might go for and again i use it a, a, a lot too is there's so much art and there's so many time periods of art and there's so many creators that created art and people that were prolific not only comic books but uh i will get into that a little bit later with some of the strips again there was a lot of newspaper strips mm -hmm. and there was a lot of um artists that created a lot of strips most of the ones that a lot of people know are the famous guys but there's a lot of low uh non-famous and uh, again, very good artists of the time that right. other artists appreciate that sometimes fly under the radar. And I'll try to bring some attention to those as as we go on with other episodes and stuff like that. And we do like to kind of highlight the creators themselves. We love the creators. You know, we actually uh, it was one of the funnest things we ever got to do was meet. Uh, we got a phone conversation with Kevin Eastman, yeah. uh, who is probably one of the most gracious <laughs> people. I've, I know I've said this on camera before, but I, you know, again, this being a new platform, uh, if you have never met Kevin Eastman, who created Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you don't know, one of the nicest and funniest guys always busy so getting <laughs> getting him to calm down for a second is very difficult to get on the phone with but he was one of the most gracious people i've ever one of the creators and everybody says don't meet your heroes it could be a disappointment not in this case he he really was a great guy to talk to and again most of the i've only had a one or two scenarios where a creator wasn't but most of the, most of the creators especially in comics are some of the nicest people you'll meet and they're genuinely happy to be doing what they're doing so, right. Did you uh, ever get to meet Stan? Uh, Stanley? Stanley? Oh, of course. yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I kind of regret that. And I got to shake his hand when everybody was telling me not, not to touch him. That was, that was a great, that was a great uh, experience. Yeah, I, Stan I, that's, is, that's one of my biggest regrets. I could have seen him 20 years ago for free before they were charging, yeah. and I didn't get a chance to do that. That was, that was dumb. Stan had this one thing that he could do to any person, and it's make you feel like you were the center of attention at that moment when he was talking to you. It might have been 30 seconds, it might have been a minute, but he gave you your minute and he, made you feel part of like the Marvel experience. He was experience. the best carnival barker yes. outside of Ringling Brothers, Barnum mm -hmm. Bailey. You know what I mean? Like he was <laughs> the best. Uh, and and I miss him. I miss oh, yeah. his voice because that's that's what I remember growing up. Oh, with his voice. That and that, morning that and Excelsior. I always Excelsior. loved it when he would just scream out Excelsior. So.
Well, so uh, we want to move on to things that, I mean, obviously you see stuff in the background and I have stuff on the table to show you guys. Uh, and, and you can find all this stuff on our website, but it's kind of neat to see it in person, yeah. so to speak. So we like to show things off. Uh, we will probably do this every time uh, because we like doing it. Just We just like to see things and talk about them. It's fun to us. Uh, but you're going to start with artwork. Uh, and uh, go from there. So you you kind of throw me uh, in what you when you need to, but you, this again, is mostly you. And again, these are some pieces that uh, like uh, we started in the last segment on Instagram and Facebook Live. Uh, they're uh, fairly reasonable right now uh, because the auction hasn't ended yet. They're pieces that particularly I like the artists or I would go after, or there's some kind of uh, nostalgia and factor involved. But they're all great artists, and they're all um, important, not important, but key series or key moments uh, of art that we have upcoming in our weekly auction that ends tonight. So the first one being Doomsday Clock. And it, do, uh, Doomsday Clock is the sequel pretty much to Watchmen. And most Watchmen pages are, if you haven't seen one on our website, are pretty insane. They're in the $20,000, dollars $50,000 but uh gary frank is a great artist and he was tapped to do the sequel which was doomsday clock it tied in the whole uh, dc universe with the watchman universe and this particular page is again osmandius creating havoc as he does so well but i it's a what we consider a half splash but not only half splash we have batman running here with all the news headlines superman flying over here and of course the superman symbol where he, uh, Osmandius, is so happy to be basically pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Uh, again, an, a great piece. Uh, these pieces were sold uh, directly from Gary Frank through his representative, most of them. And they were in, again, anywhere from the seven, $750 range when they were originally sold to two, $3,000 if it had pro prominently Batman or Rorschach on it. And right now, this page is around 400 bucks. So... Uh, a, a nice deal for whoever wants, again, uh, Watchmen DC Universe uh, page by Gary Frank, again. And that's ending <clears> tonight, right? That's all, in, all this stuff is ending tonight except for the one piece. Except for the one piece that, that I brought. That, he, yeah. that you brought over. So. Yeah, so when we say that we broke off, we got so big when I started, I, I don't know what it was, it was you started too when uh, we had everything together, right? Was everything in one sale? when on um, the weekly sales were they all like was oh yeah yeah, yeah. when, 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 when we, yes yes so but, we got yeah. so large we had to break everything into into separate days so on sunday and monday we have our comics auction which is a through l on sunday and then m through z on monday on uh tuesday it's trading video games and, and trading cards uh, and then Wednesday is comic art and animation art, uh, which is now, now what I started collecting and plus original art. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's so large now. We can't do it in one night. Otherwise, you'd be up until 3 in the morning. And well, imagine. You can't do that. <laughs> All those categories were together on one day. Yeah. And comics alone is now two days. Yeah. And, and they were crazy. ending at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And we got as late as one in the morning one time and said, okay, we have to change. So we rapidly, we rapidly change things around here when, when the, the need, need arises. Again, it's, it was, it's very funny that there were people in the one o'clock in the morning bidding though. Oh yes, there were. <laughs> yes, there were. So, uh, yeah. so. Again, so 
the next piece we'll go to is so another thing that uh, we've been highlighting, or at least I've been trying to highlight when I've uh, been advertising or marketing art, is uh, there's a lot of Netflix and streaming series uh, shows that are based on comics, and a lot of people don't realize that Huge they were amount. they were based on newer comics by Image or something like that. Particularly one that I recently saw on Netflix was The Old Guard. Uh, this particular series is Powers, which was a streaming series on, of all things, the PlayStation Network. And uh, it's a nice um, a London comic uh, super con piece by the creator of Powers. And it's just uh, a piece that TV series, like I said, and Netflix series, all have derived a lot of shows and, and things from comic material that a lot of people just again, don't realize, and this is one of those that I don't, uh, since it was on the PlayStation Network and it was a show, I don't, it wasn't on Netflix or Disney Plus and stuff like that, so not a lot of people might know the series, but it was a, a, a fairly good sci-fi series that lasted two seasons, so. Did you get to watch any of it? I got to watch a couple episodes, and again, it, it it's it's fairly true to the series, especially with the main characters. So. Is it fun? It's fun, yeah, yeah, it's always fun. Again, all these, uh, I'm not a, a uh, um, Siskel and Ebert critic, so oh, as as long I as am. I as I long am. as I enjoy and am entertained <laughs> by the show, I think that they accomplished what they had to accomplish. If you don't know me, which you get to know me. I I, I am one of those Siskel and Ebert critics. Um, so, and again, I hope to at least find uh, one or two pieces every week or in the signature that I can highlight as a Netflix or streaming series. Uh, oh, that would be cool. So, yeah. Hopefully uh, we have them. Sometimes we don't get things. Sometimes we do. And, if, and if nobody notices, I'm going from newest to oldest as uh, I'm going through the art. Um, this really? The back piece is, is older? Oh, well, no. Not, oh, so not, you did that's that just, just it's huge. Okay. So This uh, particular piece is by a newer artist that I think he's very talented, uh, Julian Tedesco. And uh, this is another Comic-Con uh, program cover. And this is actually the poster right behind it that shows the colored version and all the characters and one of the reasons that I picked this piece is because of all the characters from all the different franchises we have uh, Alfred E. Newman from Mad, we have Conan, we have Iron Man from uh, Marvel, we have Batman, we have R2-D2, Spy vs. Spy and it's just <laughs> Betty, Betty Boop, <laughs> Corto Maltese, like again there is so many different franchises on this piece and it's just a great um, summer scene, especially now with the, the Texas summers here. If you don't know, it's so two weeks ago it was 105 to 110 every day, and now this week it's 105 to 110 every day. It, it, it gets cooled off when it gets to 100. <laughs> yeah, they said a cold front ran through last week, and it was 90, I think 95 or something like that, and it did not feel like it was cool. I'm from Chicago, so I know cold, and uh, I thought I, when I was young, I could handle the heat. I love this stuff, but now it kills me. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's so, brutal. again, Tedesco is a great new uh, artist with a lot of detail in his work. Uh, full pencils, nothing with uh, little X's where they tell the anchor to... Uh, to fill it in digitally or afterwards. And again, just a great piece with all the characters that you could possibly want from all the different franchises. Now so. you you collect art. Yes. You, um, and like I said, would... these are a lot of pieces that I would personally 
go after. But you don't so. like pencils. I, I hate pencils. <laughs> that's the thing about Xavier. He doesn't. He likes art, but he hates pencils. He'd rather have it inked. I, I just, and I, I get that, but I think the pencil, the original graphite drawing is so beautiful, it's ridiculous. And again, there's certain, I will definitely make certain exceptions like him, uh, if uh, Kirby's pencils, if anybody's ever seen Kirby's pencils, they are phenomenal. They're n the detail in his pencils is sometimes lost because of the inkers, because of the inkers and yeah. particularly because of uh, Vince Coletta, which is not one of his best inkers. Uh, but Again, there are there are exceptions to the rule, but I just I just always wish, particularly for my collection, that the the artist just inked it. And again, th they don't most of the time, especially now, just to save time and production. Right. So just because no, they were I, doing so much. And I and so. I bought I got, you know I bought that boys page uh, from you because I it's it's a great page first of all, but I also like it because it's penciled. Again, it's, and that's it's, it's that personal thing, and it's different. I like inks too, by the way, a lot. And again, Russ Braun is—it's a little bit different because he does full pencils. It's, it looks right. the pencils, and he does such heavy shading that it looks like it's ink. Right. So there again are exceptions to the rule, but you have—I try to make as many rules as I can <laughs> for my comic art collecting because sure. it's, it's expensive as it is. So. It's very. <laughs> so now again, going into something that I recently. Uh, started, oh, well, no, we still have the George Perez page. This, again, another great page that uh, by George Perez, a legend that we recently lost. And this is a, a great uh, Marvel fanfare Black Widow issue. And here we're seeing the whole team that is going uh, to go up against Black Widow and uh, another character here that is hidden in the, in the shadows that really wanted to kill Black Widow, apparently. So, again, I particularly always love George Perez, not just because we were talking about being a great, happy creator. He was always excited to meet his fans, always had a time for him. But it's the detail. Him and Terry Austin and um, Arthur Adams, I think, some of my favorite artists just because of the amount of detail and the amount of characters they can place into one panel. Right. So Yeah, it's amazing how you can get so many people into one panel and still everybody is very recognizable. I and George Perez was such a talent that um, during the Justice League uh, Avengers series where he drew, I think it was almost 300 characters onto one cover, wraparound cover, he actually got carpal tunnel syndrome. And he was able to draw with his other hand. That's, that's, and, that's crazy. And the talent that that, that, that requires is, yeah. is, just, is just incredible. He was, he was an artist in every sense of the word. And this is a great example of his... His artistry. Look at the sea. Look at all the detail of, of the bubbles and stuff like that. And that takes an insane amount of time. And then it takes a double insane amount of time because you have to ink it. <laughs> and the <laughs> patience. And, yes. It, it does take <laughs> a crazy amount of time. So this is why we bring, uh, you know, these are the reasons we bring these things to you because we get excited about them just looking at them and we get to see no, them. And again, and, and we love them. And we and love the, them even though they're not ours. And the background info also. Right. Because again, a lot of this stuff is part of history to a certain right. extent. So it is. So uh, again, here is uh, recently I've been getting into some strip art just because the superhero stuff is so expensive and strip art comparatively is reasonable. And this is another piece that um, at the moment is extremely reasonable compared to the other. Because <laughs> you aren't, I am tonight. <laughs> I didn't even know it was in. 
So this is a, 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 <laughs> a daily uh, by Bob Montana, which is one of the more, more famous, or if not mo the most famous uh, artists for Archie. And uh, this particular piece, you will find two pieces in our current auction. Uh, one piece is um, Archie and Ver uh, Veronica at a tea party, and Jughead crashes the tea party. And this one is Veronica letting Jughead stay over. The tea party one is at, I think, $1,100 or $1,400. And this one is under $100. So again, same artist. Stop highlighting that out there. I want this. <laughs> <laughs> same artist. Same uh, time period with Veronica in a bathing suit. No less, Veronica in a bathing usually suit. Usually the key to having it explode. And uh, a great uh, Jughead's uh, joke where he's just uh, washing his socks. He's not really uh, taking a swim. Uh, again, great piece at an insanely great price. And hopefully <laughs> it's not going to last that long, especially no, after this no, podcast. No, you're a jerk. <laughs> I just want to point something out. We, we are laughing about this, but there is something. Um, Tommy, can you bring that uh, last uh, thing back up? There we go. So one thing you need to look at is the live proxy bidding. So a lot of consigners, or a lot of bidders, I mean, like to play their uh, hand close to the vest. And so they will put in a proxy bid, meaning they're going to put in a secret bid that will not show up until the item goes live. Until the lot goes to auction. Until, until the lot goes live right. and it goes live, live period. On to the so, hammer. Okay. Uh, and so that's why you see a major jump increase every time you're watching the live auction is because a lot of people put in those proxy bids. Those are their top amounts. So if some, if I put in, let's say, a $200 bid uh, as a proxy bid and somebody puts in a $300 bid, it'll execute when this goes live all the way up to my 200 and then one more to let that person take over the it, lead. It won't show it up now. If you put $300 right now as a proxy... Nothing. You will see nothing. It will still show up as seventy-eight dollars. Correct. And so. so, what what I'm assuming has happened there? It's possible. It's There's possible. a lot of but proxy bids on. I pr particularly brought this one because of the two that we have in it and right. the large, and the one's really high. huge, huge discrepancy right. in price. Right. So. But anyway, that is a possibility <laughs> for a reason. We're not just, we don't have fire sales here, by no, the way. No, not at all. If, you've, if you haven't really looked through our archives and watched our live auctions, we don't sell things at a discount. We sell things at way above. We set the prices. And again, we're and, the ones who do it. And like I said, this right now is a $78. Once this goes live, you're going to just see the numbers keep on yeah, going up and going. You're up. a jerk. Mind you. It'll, never it'll still it. be it'll still probably be cheaper than the other one. I don't so. know about that. I don't know. I, <laughs> It'd be funny I, are you taking one, an over or under it, on that? It, it'll be funny if this one gets more expensive than the other. Uh, I bet you that goes up really <laughs> high. I, I'm betting it's well above 500, if not 750. Okay, so here we have another strip, and this particular one is a Superman strip by Wayne Boring from the. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's from the 40s. And when do you see? Um, a Superman piece from the 40s that is uh, around $2,000. With him and Mitzel Plate. And Mitzel Plate. Again, great ink wash on this uh, duotone board. And this particular uh, board, it, it, it was treated in a process that you could uh, put some chemicals on a brush 
and that's why you get the shading that comes out on Superman. It's called Zipatone. Zip well, no, Zipatone is, is this is Duotone board. That's Duotone. Yes, oh, okay. Zipatone is the the little it's plastic. The film, yeah. It's the oh, film. It is this not, no, I, this is all uh, hand done, and it's again, it's a special treated board that you do a chemical uh, process, and it comes out as I an ink wash. Yes. So again, another great strip from the '40s, Superman of all things, and. Uh, Superman pages from the 40. We just sold an action page for twenty something thousand dollars. Yeah. So this is a tenth of the price. So. Right. That's a good piece too. Yeah. Especially because it has again, like in it, faster than a speeding train. So leaping bounds. Yeah. I, I mean, what more do you want? That, exactly. is, that is a great piece. I'm surprised so. that's not in a signature. So it's a good piece. And again, this one. I brought over because it's a Prince Valiant Sunday to show the size of these. It. And again, fairly reasonable. These usually are in the twenty dollars to $30,000 range. Right now, this one's uh, sitting under $10,000. And it's in, our, it's in our weekly auction, which again, these That's are usually... Insane. Usually, these, these are, are always in the signature, signature auction. So, and not only that, we have great images. As you can see how large these are, this is almost the size of a paperback pay, uh, original, like the ones that Jack Davis right. used to do. Great image of the king. Great Prince Valiant up here. The Gra amount another of great detail Prince Valiant here. that Foster so, put in his stuff is, is this, beyond belief. Again, this whole scene right here where they're under the, the, the castle tower. Yeah. Uh, look at all the detail. Look at it. It's just... Random detail that didn't, most artists today, to save time, wouldn't put in. And this was, again, works of art that were created right for the newspaper and stuff like that. So uh, another piece that currently, okay. uh, it's, it's very reasonable compared to all the other ones. And who, who wouldn't want a Hal Foster or Prince Valiant? I yeah, guess. right. So, <laughs> and, and that could easily be, you know, uh, half be taped together with archival oh yes to, again to make and even you know, this this can be again you can, you can take it to a, a, a paper uh conserver and they can clean that all that up and yep. make it make it look piece. make it look brand new basically so you want to go to this or the one you go to the oh, I'll go. yeah so the final piece for me at least is a very nostalgic piece for me and uh it's uh this Al Jaffe back mad uh, cover folded and uh, we've had several of these uh, we get them kind of regularly from the estate or from the collection and um, it's just a piece that I personally have I've owned three of them in, my, in the past I kept one um, and it's just nostalgic to me it's a cover it's a back cover it's they're painted and uh, when I was a kid, the first thing that I uh, would go to in the grocery store is get the Mad Magazine, and I could care less about everything else. I'd go you to the back, the back cover. I'd go to the back cover, and I'd, I wouldn't bend it. I'd carefully, like, lay it uh -huh. so I can see what it was. And then once I saw what it was, I'd just put the Mad Magazine back on the shelf. So if you don't know <laughs> what this image is designed to do, if you fold it a third this way and a third this way, it comes up with another image. So, uh, and you're supposed to line that image up. So there's arrows. This is kind of the, the lining up of, of where it's supposed to fold. And uh, Jeffy is actually the only one that's ever really done something like this. Mm -hmm. And the process to doing this is a very interesting process if you've ever seen where he lays out sheets and 
does one side of it and then does the other side so you can see the image and then completes it. So it's, again, a very fun piece. He's super famous for it. He is considered the longest living working cartoonist because he did this until the age of, I think, 98 or 99 when he retired. And wow. he only retired because Mad Magazine stopped being printed. So, again, an amazing piece, very creative and in the style that it's he's the only person that really ever did these. And it, they were all, mostly always colored. So it's just a fun piece to have. And uh, like I said, I'm very nostalgic for me. So Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the end of Xavier's picks. Um, I kind of, you know, my kind of segment is um, my picks also, but why I love these or why you should too, I guess. Uh, and um, I, I'm, I like history. I like history a lot. I like the the reasons behind things. It's just one of those things with me. Uh, I'm one of those people that believe that uh, you're doomed uh, to repeat things if you don't learn from history. So I've I've always liked history in in my life. Uh, I know a lot about World War II. I know a lot about certain things in in history that. Uh, for some reason, I gravitated to, uh, especially with comic books and, and golden age comics. They center, they really got their kick during World War II. They were used as a propaganda tool. Uh, and then in the 50s, they were used against people. <laughs> you yeah. know, So historically, comics have been in our psyche since 1938, 1939, when Action Comics came out. Uh, and, and they have taken off in some fashion ever since. And they ebb and flow just like anything else. Um, I'm showing you this. This is an X-Men 107 page. I never bring things out for the signature sale this early. Uh, this doesn't even have an image on our website uh, because um, it hasn't been shot yet. It hasn't been photoed. Or I think they were doing it as I, as I pulled it. Yeah. Uh, so, it actually uh, has a photo card. It, it's funny because that'll get done here very soon, uh, and you'll be able to see. But what's really cool about this uh, is it's a beautiful page. It's got Havoc. It's got Magneto. It's got Juggernaut. It's got the Star Jammers, Fire Lord. I mean, it's just got this great great image of uh by dave cockram but i don't care <laughs> because i do care about this for some reason cockram decided that he was going to make a magneto and Mar or a, a magneto and marco uh vaudeville uh, act vaudeville act and <laughs> i ever since i saw it i posted it on instagram i've had people laughing over the back side of the page uh, and this is kind of what I'm talking about historically. Everybody sees the front part. Everybody's always seen this. You know, they can see it in the comics. They can read it whenever they want. Yes, it's a piece of artwork that we have for sale. It's a great piece of artwork we have for sale. I'm not poo-pooing that by any means whatsoever. But nobody has seen this. Nobody. And now that we have it, and it is an image in our archives, it makes me laugh every time I see it. I can't stop laughing. Again, it's and, it's, and it's such a... It makes you wonder what Cochran was doing either at that convention that he was just, or was it the consigner that said, oh, I'd love to see right. these two ca yeah. characters just uh, being pulled off the stage like that. It's a riot. I, I think it's one of the funniest things that I have that seen. That I know. It's one of those things. I, I It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen with comic art. And uh, so 
uh, kudos to Dave Cockrum and why you should love this. And, and this is going to go for a lot of money, but it should go for a lot of money now because <laughs> how would you display this? I mean, would you display it with this side? Would you display it the other side? How would you personally display it? We've talked. I mean, would you have a double window and then Probably flip it back and forth? Would you hang it from your ceiling so you could see both sides as you're walking? I wouldn't even know where to begin with this. I would love it so much. Uh, so... Uh, that's why I brought the only piece of artwork uh, with me today uh, is is from the signature sale. That is sale seven two seven, seven nine, nine yeah. and that will be September eighth and ninth. Eighth uh, and ninth, yeah, yeah, coming up uh, here in another month and a half. Uh, which, by the way, the deadline is closing. If you do want to get things in for that sale, uh, there are July twenty first. Uh, July, it's, so it's two weeks. July twenty first uh, is the deadline. Uh, just so you know, we get a lot of inquiries. Hey, I want to get this into the signature sale. I want to get this into the signature sale, but we do have. We can't put everything in there. It would be impossible. Otherwise, the signature sale would last for a year. <laughs> um, so we have requirements. First of all, comics have to be at least five thousand uh, dollars in the floor session. They have to be over a thousand dollars in the final session and have rarity. So an amazing fantasy fifteen hits that all day long, but an Amazing Fantasy 15 and a 2.0 doesn't. You know, we wouldn't put it in the signature sale. We sell those just as well in the, in weekly. In the weekly sale. Um, so if you do have something, contact us. We want to get them in for you. We have a limited amount of time. Um, well, again, and we'll give you all our contact information at the end. And again, it's it's never good to wait until the last minute. Never, because we're always we're, rushing. And we'll probably have to push it until... Un until the other auction. November. And again, like you said, uh, comics have a $5,000. Uh, comic art has a $10,000. has $10,000, yeah. So, it takes and, a lot more to describe yeah. a piece like this uh, than it does a comic book, which we've seen before. And again, most, 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 if not all, the comics that we have in our signature are graded, so it's much easier to process. Right. So. In fact, I think they all are, except yeah. for pulps. Pulps aren't or graded. The or the, like, the jumbo masters the jumbos, and stuff like Jumbo, that. they don't grade it at all. But. So uh, kind of my uh, theme today and, and why you should love this stuff is, is kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's a, a showcase auction I put together uh, with my buddy, Matt McGee, who is out of Chicago. Uh, and we got this consignment in. It's called uh, uh, the Milt Rosenberg uh, Estate. Uh, we got this huge consignment of Superman memorabilia. And I say huge because what you see in this auction isn't even isn't even half. It's it's he's got a lot, uh, and so we put this auction together as a, a thirty day themed auction, which is something that we can do at Heritage. Yes. It's one of the powers that we can create is the specialty auction uh, if we have enough material for it. Well, he had so much. <laughs> It's his only. It's the only auction. It's, it's he's his the own, only consigner. It's, it's his own auction. Uh, so a couple things from this auction that uh, people don't realize are so neat, uh, or uh, they haven't really understood yet, or there's huge proxies on it. We just don't know. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I thought it blew me away because they created a Captain Marvel or Shazam at the time. You know, it's it's Captain Marvel back in the '40s uh, sweatshirt with this material. But this is a Superman swath uh, of material. It's a test print of what they were then going to make the sweatshirts uh, out of. Of oh, the Superman uh, sweatshirts. Of the Superman sweatshirts. And I don't know if they ever did that, 
Um, and, and because they made the Captain Marvel, which has the same pose. Uh, but this is at a ridiculously low price to me right now. Like it, it, the, historically, they're, this is probably the only one that exists. I can only imagine that this is a test print is probably the only one that exists. Good luck finding the sweater, by the way. <laughs> uh, and um, if the sweater even exists... And it doesn't have holes in and it. And it doesn't have holes in it, and it's not ratty, this is the only image that you would get of that sweater. And so it blows my mind that people haven't realized that yet, uh, that how important historically that is. Now, what's funny is... Well, for Superman, that's the thing. For Superman, so, yeah. what's funny is we do have a Captain Marvel sweater exactly like this with this material but it's captain marvel so if you don't like captain marvel and you like superman this is going to be your only chance to get this i keep tilting the wrong way it's backwards it's or really if you don't like it superman and you like shazam and if you don't like superman and you <laughs> like shazam captain marvel that'll be the next sale so i thought that was really cool the next thing i have is not one of a kind but it's about as close as you're going to get this is from triumph magazine and this is just the story. So if you can see, it's a four-page story. Triumph Magazine was a magazine in the UK. Uh, and this particular one held the first UK appearance of Superman. So this is the Action Comics 1 of, of the UK. United Kingdom. Uh, now, this is not typically colored. Uh, as you can see, as I'll flip over the back. It is a black and white piece. So whoever had this colored in the first two and a half pages, which they did remarkably well. well. Yeah, basically. Because if you didn't have it in hand and you didn't know and weren't told, you might actually think that this was uh, the way it was supposed to be, but it's not. It was not professionally colored. It was colored by somebody. Uh, and it looks pretty good. I, I'm pretty impressed. I'm actually going after this. Uh, please don't outbid me. <laughs> or please outbid me to a point where I'm not going to regret not winning it. Uh, either way. Well, that's why I brought all that comic art. That's why you did all that. So <laughs> you want it to go so high so that I don't, you can't so you know, I don't bid on. You don't kick yourself for regretting it. What's really cool is how rare that is. Uh, oh, yeah. Nobody in the office that I know of has ever seen that. Uh, and um, nobody's ever seen the full magazine, let alone even just the four-page uh, uh, panels of Superman. Super rare. Super, super, super rare. Kind of like oh, the, the international auction. Tell them about the international auction. <laughs> there's going to be, uh, again, in November 13th, if I'm not mistaken, there's going to be an international auction, which uh, is going to have all a bunch of keys, uh, Superman, Batman, but it's all from the international market brazil mexico sweden uh spain portugal and these comics rare. are incredibly rare because we had paper drives we had collectors that even after the paper drives they still collected them and stuff like that we had certain storage conditions that were favorable where it was cold and stuff like that whereas for example, in South America with all the Brazilian and, um, and Central America with all the Mexican uh, imprints, you're talking about the same paper drives that happened. And they were much uh, more recycled. The, and humid. The conditions, the storage conditions are terrible. Um, the humidity, the, dr uh, the heat makes all these, pa the paper brittle. 
makes the staples rust and not only like rust like we're used to seeing like them, rust, rust right out of the through book. like right. rust the staple is completely gone because right. of the rust and uh again some of these comics to find them in a fine or a fine plus is, even to find them in a very good sometimes is, 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 is some of the highest grade. grades so and, and when we say rare we mean you know we deal with um, you know, Action Comics, which has what, 35, four, four, almost 40. Okay, so, so 40 blue label copies. Or oh, 40 on total, I think. Right. Blue labels and restored. But we're talking about items that have, have like nine three or, or, or seven seven on right. the census and stuff Just like that. Just ridiculous, ridiculous Le low amounts. Low census numbers. And again, there's a, a, a big collector base uh, that I, I like. For example, I've been recently trying to find uh, Daredevil 1s from the difference, because I have a Daredevil 1, uh, again, American version and a 9, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't mind having a set of all the different Daredevil 1s from all the different places. Yeah, that'd be that would be a really neat collection. It'd be neat to, like, oh, this one's from Brazil, this one's from Mexico. Right. And a lot of these comics, you'd think, oh, they were printed years later or decades later. No, some of these were printed a couple months or even at the same month that the American That's versions were true. printed. Because so. you have some that are... That are um, Timelies from 1940. 40s, you know, exactly. That's, Brazil. that's amazing. Uh, Guri was uh, one of those publishers. Brazil had one of the earliest publishings for Golden Age, uh, both DC and Timely. And they they published that stuff right. a, a month or three months after the American versions came out. Right. We One of the featured items is, again, like, like that UK. Um, uh, I have a Paquito... I think it's number two fifty one or two fifty five. Two fifty five. Yeah, I, I which is uh, the first action comics printed three months after in Mexico. Yeah, after action. That, that's incredible. And it's one of three known copies to exist. Right. So that's uh, rare. It doesn't get any rarer than three copies right. known to exist. <laughs> right. Especially from nineteen forty. Especially and and, and Mexico. And Mexico, yeah. Uh, I, I so that's kind of why we bring these things up is to show you these things. But then we kind of get on tangents because there's so <laughs> many. There's so much. There's again, so much here. And again, the history of it is right. A lot of people get into collecting not only because of the aesthetic or the investment value, or it's a lot of the time because of the history. Right. And right. a lot of people like knowing the history of Superman or Batman. And these pieces that we're showing are pieces that most collectors don't even know exist. Right. So, And, and if you don't get it now, you might never see oh, it you, again. Yeah. Now, and I'm going to show you two things that I'm going to show you. The last three things I have are actually like that. If you don't get it now, you may not see it for a very very long time uh one of them again the one was the last time one of these came up go well i i that one never this one I, when i came in six years ago because i have a picture of it on my finger this so, is one every six superman years. prize ring now let's see if i can give you a better close-up of that okay so this is a superman prize ring this is in the superman auction sale uh that is coming up um, do I have that upside down? I do. That's the one thing I didn't want to do was put it upside down. I did it anyway for you guys. Right? So what this Superman prize ring is rare. Wrong one. It's the other one. <laughs> so uh, to give you an idea how rare that one is. First technical the, difficulty. The, the first, the, the, the one I showed. That's it. 
that there are 19 known to exist. 19. Uh, the last one we had, you couldn't even see the face. This is probably one of the highest graded uh, that exists. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is beyond belief. Uh, and well, most of the time, the red is not there. The That's red's it. gone. The enamel is completely gone. Uh, the fact that Milt had this uh, it blew my mind. Um, and so what's really cool is I didn't know about the other one. Uh, in the process of processing all these, uh, I was showing them off on Instagram, uh, and uh, somebody actually messaged me and says, well, do you have the Action Comics ring? And I said, no, what's the Action Comics ring? I don't even know about the Action Comics ring. Well, the Action Comics ring uh, is a ring that there's only nine known to exist. They were given out as prizes. You couldn't actually buy them, and they were given out as prizes uh, to a contest. Uh, and while the other one sounds like it was also, these are rarer and they were made by a higher, higher band with a higher class band. Uh, they're not plastic ish. Uh, and so I said, no, I, I, not only do I not have it, I don't know about it. So I start looking it up. I'm getting images. And in the last box we processed, guess what I pulled out the right. last box. And when I'm talking, we have hundreds of boxes, the last box it was in there. And this is what it is. This is the Action Comics prize ring in a ridiculously high grade. And you can go on the website and see uh, just how nice it is. And when you get super, super close up, you can actually see, you know, there is a little chip, you know, somewhere. But when you're looking at it normally, you can't even tell. Uh, because this is, as you're seeing on your screen now, is such a close up um that it's amplified you know 10 20 sizes to one it's absolutely breathtaking how beautiful this ring is uh and nine nine exist nine it, it blows my mind how it made it all the way you know from here to be you know there to begin well, with that's one of the rarest superman it's the rarest superman collectible that exists that, that were yeah. that are that is valued and valuable that people are dying to get their hands on one of nine, we've never had one. Uh, and so if you want it, you better get it because tomorrow's the day. Only nine people can have a complete Superman set. Right. In the world. Right. <laughs> and and uh, well, so th that brings up a really good point. So if only nine people can have a complete Superman set. That's not true. Do you know why? Because the next thing I'm going to show you, it's the only one known. <laughs> so really only one person... In that's the, world, the only one that, this is the only one that known. still had the the button the only one known wow. that we know of now maybe there's one out there but this is the only one known as of us writing this um this is a superman 18. uh this book is incredibly rare uh the book itself isn't rare because we can find we superman can find 18s 18s. all over the place however it's the fact what that you need to know is this was created Hold it. Thank you. This was created as a complimentary issue. You can see the sticker on it with the button through the cover. And the button's rare. The button's rare <laughs> to begin with. Uh, but the button's through the cover. It's the only copy known to exist with the button still on it. And so I, I let that sink in for a moment. It's the only one known to exist with the button still attached to it. Uh, and so... Uh, and you can't press the book. So, you know, we're, we're holding this with 
you know, two people and things like that, because God help us, if we drop it, we can't press the book, we can't fix the defects, we can't do things to this book. And you can see how beautiful it is online in these pictures, uh, you know, and how nice it was me just holding it up and how uh, it, it's just a gorgeous book. It's the only one, by the way, that we know of. So if you really That's wanted insane. a complete Superman collection, you better get that one because um, that, well, I think it jumped since I started talking about it. Like since he refreshed, it went up a bit. Uh, yeah, that's not a joke. Uh, that uh, I expect that to really jump tomorrow, um, just because again, of the if rarity. it is the only one, that's if it is the only one, that's insane. You will probably never see it again. Uh, the last time I think this was for sale was. Uh, 2007 so 15 years ago and it, you originally that was probably in the 90s sales of Sotheby's yeah so. yeah that's insane yeah that's pretty cool it's pretty cool so uh you know now uh we're opening it up to you guys uh questions and answers we we like to talk uh about us and what we do and everything do you guys anybody out there have any questions, questions. uh brandon's filming for instagram live uh tommy's got uh you know uh, all the other is, services is the other services in the back uh he can fire up the questions if you guys have any questions for us we're going to leave it for a few minutes uh you know if you don't uh we're gonna wrap it up um i got a lot of spider-man one gi joe one transformers that's awesome steve uh we would love to see what you have uh and we will uh give us uh, we'll give our information why don't you go first uh, again my email again since we usually need pictures of of the items my email is xavier c that's x-a-v-i-e-r-c at ha.com and I am Brian W at HA.com. I am also on Instagram. Xavier's not because they won't let him. They're me. I got to call out the social media just because she said everybody hates her. And I, <laughs> we, all, we all love her. Don't uh, She says everybody hates her, but we all love her. And we're putting her on the spot. You should turn the camera around. That'll really mess me. <laughs> She's threatening me. Uh, this so. is the last show that we'll be doing. Because <laughs> Brian's, Brian's off gonna, the show. Brian's going to be murdered after this. Brian's fire. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm on Heritage or Instagram. I am Heritage Comics Greater uh, on Instagram. Uh, a lot of people do hit me up there. Uh, so, um, if you do need to have uh, ask questions, by all means, that's what I'm here for. Uh, this is what Xavier is here for: is to help uh, you with your consignments okay. and your questions. Yeah. Again, any comic art questions, comic questions, toy questions. Always feel free to ask. I also know Magic the Gathering, of all things. Uh, I know Magic the Gathering. Uh, I know comics very well. And I'm, I have a dabbling in comic art, which I usually ask him for help for anyway. So, uh, again, I don't see any more questions. Tommy, you got anything? You got anything, Brandon? Nothing. We're all good to go. Okay, guys, we, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you very much to our first ever podcast, uh, The Gavel Strikes. Okay. We will return. Uh, we are planning bigger and better things like yeah. contests. We're hoping to have contests. Guests. Guests, for sure. So. Uh, you know, first one is going to be social media, I think. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's so mad at me right now. Uh, but yes. Yep. Yeah, well, and, um, how do I get my book appraised and sold on the website? So that's a very good question. We start with we start with uh, you sending an email to us, 
uh, Brian W at HA.com, Xavier C at, at HA.com. HA uh, send us a picture with, uh, you know, and an email, find out what it is and whether we can take it or not. Uh, and then if we can, uh, take it in, we would actually send you an agreement with the terms. We would actually have the items shipped to us by law, by uh, state law, we have to have the pro the, pro the items in house. house. Uh, so be able to we them. cannot do that without the items in house. Uh, so that is the first step is getting us an idea as to what you have. So we can then help you as best we can. If we can't take the item in, we will tell you we can't take it and where to go and what to do. Uh, you, you know, is is help you as much as we can. Again, a, a list and images is the best thing that you can send because that'll help us uh, best evaluate your collection. Right. A lot of people have uh, thousands of comics, right? Uh, and so what I tell people to do with hundreds of comics, because you can't do this with tens of thousands and things right. like that. If you have tens of thousands of comics, you basically know what the key books are. Send me a picture of the key books. If you have hundreds of comics, I say lay them out on a table 20 to 30 at a time. Take an overhead picture of them and send me those pictures. Send and Xavier can, those pictures. And we can pick them out. And We, we can, can pick ask, out value based on covers. And we can ask uh, for better pictures of those right. particular ones. Okay, so. that's really important. We know the covers of almost every book that was created from 1939 to 1938, all the way through to. We might not remember the numbers, but we'll remember the covers. I don't know. <laughs> I might remember the numbers too. So up until you hit about the 1990s, and then I'm lost. I say I'm a, I'm a image guy. So. Yeah. So, but we can get you the, those answers. Uh, we do get a lot of questions for Action Comics One, Detective Twenty Seven. Yes. Those were reprinted, so those were we reprinted know a ways lot. of knowing so. the difference. If you have that book, we can tell you what the differences are. We know what what it is. So, a real one versus a, a reprint is millions of dollars of difference. And if you have a Action One or a Detective Twenty Seven that looks like the size of a page of art, that's a reprint. That's a reprint. Yeah. For sure. So, what is skeptical about uh, sending it through the mail and not us not receiving it? How does we, that work? We have satellite offices that, if you live in a state or a city that is close to one of those offices, you can drop it off. Um, if you have a collection that is worth $100,000 or more, we will fly out there and see your collection and, and pick out the value and bring it back with I us. I put total 150. 100,000 <laughs> is kind of pushing it. You can get to a hundred thousand pretty easy now. Well, now but wow. it, again, it's just mostly for one book or two books. I say, so. don't worry. And now I say, don't worry. And now of course I'm knocking on wood here that it shows up. I have one package that has been lost. I'll be totally honest about that. Uh, that is FedEx. Uh, that is UPS's problem. I've never had a FedEx uh, package lost so far in six years. In answer to your question, the reason that we we ask for shipping to be done the way we do it. And uh, we send you shipping we instructions. We send you shipping instructions and labels. I usually pay for my clients to have the items sent to me because then it's under our insurance uh, because then I know exactly what I'm getting. Uh, and then also because if something happens to it, we have to pay for it. It's not your loss. Uh, that is important to me. These are your items at all times. When the consignment process isn't me buying them from you, it is it is not heritage buying them from you. 
they are your books. And so getting them here as safely as possible is what we work on doing. And that I will send you labels. You have to box the items up. I can't you know, do everything for you, but I can tell you how to box the things up. We can, we can explain that as and that's why we, possible. And that's why we give an insurance value on, right. on the items. Right. So how do we guarantee that a book is genuine when we get it? And have we ever had banks get through? That's a question, Scott. How do we guarantee? Well, there aren't any knockoffs of Action Comics 1. So uh, there are reprints, and so we know how to identify those reprints. There are very specific telltale signs on the cover of an Action 100 Detective 27 that tells us what a reprint is and what a, what a real one is. That is not a knockoff. Nobody has come up with... That's not true. Huh? The international market has fakes. Now, the international market, well, and, and, and okay, it, and so is TMNT1 and, the, and, and Cerebus, Cerebus 1. one. Uh, they have... And but with the Cerebus one, for example, the fake is so popular that it actually has value. And same with the TMNT. TMNT. One. Um, the international market again. Uh, there's a lot of Lebanese comics that, um, that will have uh, fakes, and we can tell that because of the paper quality and certain printing stuff. You know more uh, about that than me. Again, uh, the comic art also uh, with the prices that are being paid. Uh, right. They Comic art have sketches also are questionable at times. That's why provenance is very important with sketches or commissions. And with published pieces, it's a fake because of the line work. Right. Again, uh, we take a lot of scrutiny on these pieces, and uh, we look at it in very high detail under magnifying. We look at the paper because, again, the, uh, the board itself sometimes is a telltale sign of a fake or of a of a reproduction trying to come off as, a, uh, as a, an original. And we're dodging so. this question on telling you exactly what. Uh, we, we, we like to keep these, we like to know these for ourselves, uh, specifically okay. because then we can identify it. We don't want people knowing why we know these, why we know it's a fake. We can think it's a fake, and we will, or we will tell you that we do not believe it's authentic, uh, and we will not be able to take it. And a lot of that comes to the experience of just Handling thousands, if not millions, of pieces. So, I mean, um, how many books have you graded in three years? <laughs> I mean, I've probably graded in my quarter, lifetime. I've probably graded a quarter <laughs> million in six years. If you do two to three hundred a day, although I've really slowed down from that number um, since I was sixteen, I've been working in a comic book yeah. store, and I've probably seen millions of comics. Yeah, millions. It, it's in answer to your question. It's kind of experience. It's like poker. The more hands you see, the better you get. This is the more comics you see, the better you get. And the same thing with the art. And again, it, there's certain art styles. Some of it is very noticeable that it's a fake because the art style is very different. And sometimes the there are very talented people out there, and there's there, sometimes there was a hard there's to a identify. great podcast to uh, listen to and uh, about this guy in the 1980s who was literally one of those people that was um, just gifted. Uh, I, I don't really know how to explain it no, in the right gifted. political terms, but gifted, gifted is the right way of doing it. He could take a cover, uh, uh, and he did, of several times, uh, uh, Golden Age covers, Lou Fine, Frank Fazetta, all these really high-detailed um, uh, 
artists and he would create a twice up of that cover and that passed by scrutiny of a lot of people in the 80s now since then he was caught a lot of being said he wasn't doing it to be malicious he there were other there circumstances were other, of there were um, other malicious and people there were involved. other malicious people involved who who then took advantage of the situation but that being said we really scrutinize the artwork we have to because there's too much and too much at stake and again we have a lot of resources where we right. know a lot of the either the artists directly or the families of the artists where we can if something is questionable we can also reach out to them right. that happened uh, with a couple of pieces in the recent underground auction which we Again, very grateful to the people that are contact us and reach out from the estates right. to co correct sometimes what what has flown by us in some cases. So, in answer to your question, we won't sell if it's fake. Yeah, we, again, we, we we will have to send it back. It's just what it is, unless it's considered counterfeit, like the, the yeah, like the CGC, the but CGC, CGC will, will label that. We'll, we'll label a counterfeit, and we will accept those. But, the, for example, the Lebanese international comics will not be graded, and they are considered fakes. Any other questions out there for us? Okay, well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us on our first ever podcast. Uh, as always, uh, we will actually see you in two weeks. Yes. Uh, two weeks from Again, today. At this time. Same time. Uh, I would like to quote the quote, but I don't know if I can. I don't even know if that's legal. <laughs> Same bad time, same bad channel. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's not I snuck it in anyway. It's not copyright like let's get rid of one. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I am Brian Weedman and I'm Xavier Chavez. And we will see you in two weeks, hopefully. Thank you and good night. Have a good one.